Let's be radically honest. There's a reason why you decided to become the professional or entrepreneur that you are today. Is it safe to say that it wasn't to be away from those you love or sacrifice yourself and your health while doing it? What if you could create the life and business of your dreams without working harder? What if stress and overwhelm were a thing of your past? Entrepreneurial success coach Ranchelle Van Bryce is here to guide you through letting go of comparison and imposter syndrome so that you can stop making a living and start creating your epic life. Woohoo! Welcome, everyone, whether you're here listening to me live or you are listening to the recording. I so much appreciate even the um, essence of your energy being here with me. My name is Ranchal Van Bryce, and I'm here on Inspired Choices Network, and my show is Ignite Your Success with Ranchal. And I like to share with you the different possibilities of what success could mean for you. You know, when I was growing up, success meant something that I achieved, something that was outside of myself. When I owned the Curves franchises, it was like when I have 20 Curves, I will be successful. When we reach this much in revenue, I will be successful. In health and wellness, it's been when I weigh this much, or I'm this size, or I'm this strong, or I have this much flexibility, then I'm successful. The common theme always was that it was something outside of myself, and it was something that I was aspiring to do, and it was always felt like it was just out of my reach, right? So even in health and wellness, when I owned the Curves franchises, you know, from that perspective, I was healthy, I was exercising on a regular basis, I was teaching mindful eating. And, you know, uh, certainly, I fluctuated in sizes over the years. But I still never felt like I was uh, successful in my in my health and wellness in what I wanted to weigh or what I wanted to look like. When I was bodybuilding, it was the same thing. And it was interesting that bodybuilding it became less of what was outside of myself. So uh, this is a great story to share with you and more about what I was doing internally, the work that I was doing internally. And funny enough, because when you're bodybuilding, for those of you who have ever been on stage or maybe even aspire to, to bodybuild, one thing that can happen is people can get really caught up in, you know, my glutes don't look a certain way. Um, or my back isn't symmetrical, or uh, my biceps aren't as big as they should be. And so for me, the liberation of that was standing on stage, people weren't, uh, the judges weren't judging me, my personality, or uh, my persona, and they weren't even judging my looks, right? So uh, nothing to do with beauty from that perspective. But what they did do is they judged what was going on with your individual muscles. How developed were your glutes? How developed were your biceps and triceps? And what did that look like? Were your legs overly um, more developed than your like than your biceps? What was going on with the abdomen? And it really allowed me this opportunity, if you can believe it, to have less judgment about what I looked um, from a beautiful. A, beauty perspective of what you know society told me was pretty or not and more about what did I find was um, empowering and or even what did I find attractive and you know I often shared that I felt my most feminine my most attractive when I was the most uh, I think probably which people say the most buff or most masculine looking my biceps were bigger than most men's um, regular men, not bodybuilder men. And so, but it really gave me this gift of looking at success differently, looking at success as a journey, right? You never, in, in bodybuilding, you really don't ever arrive at this 
perfect what you're talking about from a body perspective. It's always a journey. When I was done bodybuilding, I thought, how can I take components of what I loved about bodybuilding and bring that into my daily life and look at success differently? And I got to tell you, it's been an ongoing journey for me. Some days, some days I'm successful. This is funny. Some days I'm successful in figuring out what success looks like. And other days I'm not. Uh, there's the journey, right? There's the journey. We have these different uh, pieces and components of it. So I am spending the next, let me see, it would be 10 or 11 more weeks on talking about a, what a quantum leap is. Uh, my first exposure to the work of Quantum Leap was this little booklet that I stumbled upon by Price Pritchett. And it was years ago that I uh, that I read the book. And it was, actually, I think I have it. It's called You Squared. And I really loved it because it broke, it broke, broke down a quantum leap in a way that really felt manageable for me. It broke it down into steps. And so you know, I started to apply some of the steps, but realized that some of his language, you know, really didn't feel right for me. Um, it was a lot of achievement oriented. Let's work, not work hard, because we're going to talk about actually quit trying harder today. But more of this, again, this what I would refer to as a divine masculine energy, which we all need both divine masculine and both uh, and divine feminine. What I found, though, for me in particular, what's important the words are important that I use, the language, the energy of the words. And, and for me, I need to be in awareness of achievement-oriented pursuit language because that's outside of myself. I need to own more of this creative manifesting language, which internalizes things for me. So the, so the uh, quantum leap that I'm talking about, uh, totally based on some of the works by Price Pritchett, bringing in Wallace D. Waddles, bringing in Raymond Hollywell, The Universal Laws, uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, or just kind of a few. Neville Goddard would be another one that I would say, um, you know, bringing this in. And Dr. Joseph Murray is kind of bringing all of their works into what could a quantum leap look like for you. Um, more importantly, what I wanted to share this time is what does a quantum leap look like? And bring in examples of my own personal journey, my own personal life of when I was living in a quantum leap or experiencing a quantum leap and what happened when I lost sight or lost focus and became more pursuit energy and more achievement oriented energy. So today we are going to talk about um, quit trying harder. Last week's show was about understanding your personal rules for success and actually maybe even redefining, you know, uh, coming up with new rules of success. Today is about quit trying harder. Um, this is one of my favorite topics because you know, I grew up uh, my, in an entrepreneurial family. My mom and dad owned a hotel in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. So I live in Red Deer, Alberta, Canadian girl here, uh, Saskatchewan girl. And so, you know, my mom and dad worked hard. My mom and dad owned a hotel. My mom worked in the hotel. She was the uh, bookkeeper and she did all the banquets. So she was responsible. Banquet manager would be her official term. Uh, and um and my dad was the manager of the hotel and they found, I don't know how many years into it, that the hotel couldn't sustain um, both of their salaries. And so they made the decision that my mom would stay as the hotel manager and my dad would go out and he would work uh, and find himself a job outside of the hotel. And so this was probably the early, uh, early 80s. Yeah, early 80s, maybe mid 80s 
Well, my parents built the hotel in the late 70s. They are paying 21% interest, right? And in the 80s, uh, they were still paying 21% interest because of the, the length of the loan. So can you imagine having a $1.2 million hotel and 21% interest? Crazy, right? So no wonder they needed they needed to, to find a different solution, right? So rather than trying harder, so they didn't try harder uh, at what they were doing. They looked at some of the re- at the reality, the truth of what they were looking at, and my, uh, made the decision that the best person to go outside of the hotel would be um, would be my dad. My mom had a different skill set that my dad did. My dad's great at sales and great at promotions. Right. My mom is really like that hands on strategic thinker. Uh, let's get shit done. Right. My mom's my mom's like that's get her done girl. And so uh, so part of that theme of of uh, quit trying harder. But there was also the theme of hard work. Right. If you if you want success, Ranshal, you must you, you have to work hard. And my mom and dad both worked really hard. Right. Long hours. Um, there was lots of times when I was growing up in high school, my mom would go to work at seven o'clock in the morning. She would find herself still working banquets, like managing banquets, making sure everything is good. And she would come home at eight o'clock at night. So it wasn't unusual for my mom to work 12, 14 hours a day in the hospitality industry. You know what? You're there. uh, You're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. So I really saw my parents in action of working hard. My grandparents, I didn't know my dad's mom and dad very well, but my my mom's um, parents, you know, I was around them and my uh, grandfather was a cowboy, uh, and truly a cowboy, like, right, um, lived, lived off the land kind of cowboy. And my grandmother, in, in order to support my mom and her sisters, worked um, as a waitress in, in the bar. So they were used to also working hard. My dad's parents were farmers, uh, worked hard, and et cetera, et cetera. So this kind of that energy of working hard was everywhere, right? And uh, probably my life doesn't sound much different than your life. You know, we're growing up in a, in a world of hard work. What do, what do people say? Yes, the early bird gets the worm. This is true, okay. But what other what other sayings or quotes can you can you personally think of, right? About uh, about working hard, right? And that if you really want success, what do you have to do? You have to work hard. Money doesn't grow on trees. Things don't come easy for us. All of those things, right? And so um, the interesting thing, though, in my world is, and so I have an aversion to working hard. And so I'm going to say that again, I had an aversion, uh, have an aversion to hard work, to working hard. Now, I didn't have an aversion to uh, being diligent, persistent, um, consistent in my own way. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I certainly had an aversion to hard work. Didn't like to sweat. (laughs) Never be a great laborer. and my parents then consequently had uh, a label uh, for me, which was I was always looking for the easy way out. And I was always, um, there was times that my mom and dad thought I was lazy. Now, I can share this with you. I know that they love me. I know if my mom and dad were listening to this today, they would laugh and they go, yeah, that would be Ramshell. At the same time, though, my mom and dad used to say, you're like a dog with a bone. When you want something, you won't let it go. So 
two really different messages, right? And so, you know, uh, a dog with a bone, depending on how you look at that. Right? When I was growing up, I was like, wait a minute. But as I got older, I was like, yeah, I am really persistent. And yeah, I won't let stuff go that I want. And yeah, try to take my bone away. I might growl at you. Right. But what else is possible? You know, and so when we think about this first, this or the second step in the quantum leap, quit trying harder. What are all the things that come to you? Right? Well, how else would I, would I work? But if I said to you, listen, if you work with me, I can help you. I don't know. Say double your income. And the first thing I think that you would think is, well, there's no way that's going to happen, Ranchelle, because I can't work any harder than I am. Anyone feel that way? You can't actually work harder. And that's how I felt, right? In, in most of the uh, my entrepreneurial journey, not when I was working for somebody else, there certainly I probably could have worked harder, just maybe didn't know how. So I'll talk about that in a bit. But there is no way in hell when I had the curse franchises that I could work any harder. I was working as hard as I could. I was working 60 to 70 hours a week, if not more. My phone was with me um, at all times. I had a BlackBerry phone, right? Before that, I had a flip phone, right? So I, so there wasn't any way that I could work any harder. And so that's when I started to really think about what else is possible. Now, I never asked that, that used that language, but I thought, this is crazy. I bought myself a job. Um, I didn't get into business to work long, long hours, to never see my family, never have fun, never see my friends. Something needs to shift. And I started then at a very early on in my career, like 2004, looking at my life and going, what could shift? Something needs to change. Because if I, if I don't change, if I don't show up differently, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break down. I'm going to I'm going to need to be, uh, you know, inst institutionalized. And that's really what I felt like. in so in Camrose, there is a place where if you need to go to an institution, it's a hospital in Panoka. And I remember thinking things need to shift or I'm going to be in Panoka because there's no way that I can do this at the pace at the rate that I've been doing. And so that's when I really started to look at what what how I was how I was showing up what it was I doing and what was my belief system around hard work although I had an aversion to it and although I knew I didn't want to work hard I was finding myself in the position of working damn hard and I think probably those of you who are listening to me are thinking yeah me too yeah me too so what else is possible other than working harder how about we go to our first break, and then after the break, I'll share that, that with you. Thank you so much for joining. My name is Ranchelle Van Bryce, and you're here on Inspired Choices Network on Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something that you will have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with Entrepreneurial Success Coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchelle Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Absolutely email me, rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Check me out on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of those places. I uh, would love to spend some time with you and really talk about what success means for you and how can you redefine it? I think a lot of us, success is something outside of ourselves. Success is something that we achieve, right? We move towards. And it feel it felt like for me, at least for the longest time, that success was like a moving target. Um, <laughs> I had this visual as I was thinking about that. You know, the dog races where they have like the little like stuffed bunny and the dogs are chasing. That's how I felt success was for me. Always out of reach. And damn, I was running as hard as I could, but could never catch up. And so... That's one of the reasons I, I was inspired to be here on Inspired Choices Network, but inspired to share with you what success could look like. And so each time uh, we connect, you know, I'm really talking about that, this redefinition of success. And so today is about quantum leaps. And step two is quit trying harder. And before uh, the break, I talked about I was working as hard as I could. There was no way I could work harder. Um, at that time, we had eight franchises and I wanted more. I wanted more franchises. I wanted more financial success. I wanted more relationship success. I wanted some extra time off. Um, I wanted to stop working so hard and funny because I had this aversion to hard work and knew that. Um, one day it became, one day, and this is like late, like later on after I'd sold all my curves, I realized that the reason why I was working so hard. So I say I don't didn't like hard work and I had an aversion to hard work. I still was working long hours and and really, really hard. And uh, what I came to understand was that my need for approval, my need to be liked, um, and my need to be a, have approval from my parents who I was in, in partnership with, uh, with Curves, my need to be the hero in my mom and dad's story, my desire to uh, prove myself to have I had this proving energy of I have worthiness I'm I have value I'm lovable my uh, avoidance of criticism my avoidance of conflict all um, uh, accumulated into this I'm going to work myself to death and then uh, then when we have a million dollars in revenue and then when we have 10 or 15 or 20 curves or then when I lost the rest of the weight that I had gained over some time with curves because I uh, wasn't eating as healthy and wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to take care of my health. Then, so then, meaning the dog is chasing the rabbit, then I'll have success. 
And of course, it never happened. I never caught the rabbit. The damn thing was always outside of myself. Um, and so part of that was, as I said, is this proving energy. And it really, um, you know, came to this awareness when we reached our first $1 million like mark at the, at the curves. And I got a phone call from my mom and we were celebrating and uh, my former husband was at home and I like cracked open a, bo a bottle of champagne, toasted my mom, uh, got off the phone with my mom and I started to cry. And I remember being having this incredible bath. I love, I love water, right? I love hot tubs and bathing and stuff. And so I was having a bath at night and I was like, I was sobbing, like ugly cry, right? Like tears streaming, like it's not streaming out of my nose and couldn't even catch my breath. Like, like one of those. And um, one of the kids came in and asked me if I was okay. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Was not fine. And as I was kind of pondering, like, what's going on? This should be one of the happiest moments of my life. Something I've been working so hard at has finally come. And here I am crying. And there was an expectation that I had within myself that when I achieved the thing, I would be happy. But the thing is, I didn't even realize I was unhappy. And maybe that's how you feel. It's you're, you're not happy, but you're not unhappy, but there's something going on. And so as I started to explore, I realized that it wasn't that I was unhappy, but I was extremely dissatisfied. And most of my life, I had been dissatisfied. And then I start to feel guilt and shame about being dissatisfied. What's wrong with me? I have right a great husband. I live in a beautiful home. I have incredible kids. I ha we have we have um, money. We also have lots of debt, but we had money. Uh, I was healthy-ish. My health started to deteriorate around that time. And so I was like, what? There must be something horribly wrong with me because I'm not happy. And and I and I noticed how happy my friends were, and and at least on the outside, I don't know if they were happy inside. But I started then to compare myself, and the and always and always in the comparison, I sucked. Like right, it's like they're so happy, I suck. I'm not. They uh they go on so many vacations because they can. Uh, I suck. I can't because I'm so busy running this company. For what? For money right? For what purpose? Um, and so I became disillusioned with my life, disillusioned about owning a business, disillusioned about being in partnership with my parents, disillusioned in my marriage. And I just remember thinking that something has to change, something must give, or I'm going to end up going crazy. I found myself in this really cool space and place where I had an opportunity to go to a yoga retreat in New Mexico with somebody. Um, her name is Louise. She's a massage therapist in uh, Lloydminster. So if you live in Lloydminster, Alberta or Saskatchewan, Canada, uh, go check her out. Louise Desnoyers. And so uh, I had been to this mini yoga thing with Louise when I was staying in Lloydminster, because that's where I had one of the curves. And she messaged me and she said, hey, I'm going to New Mexico and to a Kundalini Yoga Retreat. I think it would be so much fun if you would come. And so I was like, that sounds fantastic. And so I said yes. And so kind of got the details of going to New Mexico. 
when going to this yoga retreat, uh, Darcy, my former husband, comes home and said, hey, I'm going to a yoga retreat in June. I can't wait. I think it's just going to be awesome. And he said, okay, it was like in two weeks or whatever. He said, okay, so he comes, you know, comes back because he, he worked away. He come back home. He comes home and I'm on my way. I'm going to New Mexico. I'm going to be there for 10 days. It's going to be so awesome. And he said, cool. Um, what's Louise's uh, name? And I was like, Louise. <laughs> he goes, yes, Ranchelle. Like, what's her last name? What's her phone number? Like, you're leaving the country with a stranger. Where are you going in New Mexico? Where are you staying in New Mexico? Right? And I was like, oh, I suppose I should share those things with you. Right? And so I did. So I ended up, like, texting Louise. Louise, what's your last name? <laughs> what's your husband's name? Right? Where are we going? Because I didn't I didn't know. I just knew we were going to New Mexico. She had the itinerary. I didn't know. And that's kind of how there's so many at times um, at that time I hadn't embraced that. And I started to embrace things like being more spontaneous, having more fun. I wreaked a bit of havoc in the lives of the people that I love because I was showing up a little bit differently. Right. And so I, but I started to be in awareness. I mean, I use that word a lot, right. I started to even be in awareness of this experience of a different life, right. A diff, a life where I could enjoy my life and still run a business, still have a business, still own a business. And I, so I, that was kind of the beginning of when I, when I realized that persistence and diligence were more important than trying harder. And although I didn't have the words around it, I knew that I needed to heal um, my, my wounded child. I knew that I needed to heal with my shadow self. I knew that I needed to let go of what my mom and dad thought of me. I knew even then, even, I didn't have the language, but I knew then that I had to stop trying to do things so that my mommy and daddy would approve of me. And I was like in my thirties at this time. So all of that led to one of the experiences of, you know, of going to, to New Mexico, coming back and having um, this profound experience, this profound um, healing experience, an energetic experience, and then really stepping back and going, okay, I can't show up the way that I've been showing up because it doesn't serve my higher purpose. The result of that was a lot of shakeout, a lot of shakedown in my business, staff leaving because I, I wasn't working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, uh, asking people to be responsible, trying to not micromanage, but uh, manage, creating new systems. There's a lot of movement. And it was my first kick at the cat. That's an awful word. Sorry. Uh, I, I start I start saying things that my grandfather used to say that were acceptable at that time. So my apologies. I just realized that that's probably not cool language. I, I started to be in awareness, right, that um, there was a different way I could show up. But the consequences of that were profound. And there was some great consequences. And there were some not so cool consequences in my business. And so, you know, when, when I talk, we talk about moving from this, because I was moving from a lack energy of a, approving energy to what else is possible. I was trying to show up fully in my divine, now that I have the words, in my divine self, in my powerful self, in my empowered self. But the people around me were used to me showing up a certain way. So what happens when you decide to show up differently, the people around you might respond or react differently to you because all of a sudden you're asking something more of yourself 
you're you're showing up. So from a vibration perspective, so we can even use like science or spirituality, we increase our vibration, right? And then it kind of shakes things. It shakes things up, it shakes things out. And so sometimes in that we're faced with decisions that we need to make. And sometimes it can look like an obstacle or a challenge. When we decide to quit trying harder and ask ourselves what else is possible, we can go, okay, what does the commitment look like to me then? What does persistence look like to me? What does consistency mean to me? Because my consistent will be very different than your consistent. My consistent behavior, my consistency is this. I And I, I think probably everyone's like this. I don't know because I only know me. Um, but my consistency has lots of ebbs and flows. My consistency might mean I wake up in the morning and I decide, oh, I uh, although I plan to do X, Y, and Z, uh, I'm not going to be able to fulfill that. So where can I move those three commitments to a different day, a different time of the day? And so I know that I personally need space and room. I need time to meditate. I need time to rest. I need time to sleep. So when we think of consistency, I think what we have is this false sense of consistency means we show up like this, right? Where we start a project and it goes like this. We decide to achieve something and it goes like this. And we still consistency for some people can be, I'm just going to push harder or consistency for some people means I'm going to push this. I'm going to push this energy and I'm consistently, so I'm pushing, pushing, pushing at a consistent rate. But what if consistency looks different for you? What if consistency was ebb and flow? What if consistency could be created in a, in a whole new way? So I'm going to encourage, if you're using a word consistent, like I use consistency, to know that that doesn't mean that it's like a straight and arrow path. And then it's like the same amount of effort all the way through. So I'm going to encourage you as we go into this next break, I'm going to encourage you to look at the word consistency. Um, look at the word persistent. Like, actually, look it up. And how does that fit in with who you are and who you want to be? And would you consider stop efforting, right? Stop working so hard. Stop efforting, E-F-F-O-R-T-I-N-G. I don't even know if that's a word, right? Stop putting so much effort into it that you're exhausted. Because I don't believe that success comes from exhaustion. I don't think that that's what we were meant to be. Can we have exhausting moments? For sure. But if you're exhausted every single day, what kind of life are you creating? And it goes back to my premise of I believe that ease and flow should be our natural state of, belief, of, of being. And I believe that we have this opportunity to create an epic life and use our businesses and our professions as a vehicle to our epic life. But we have it backwards. We're trying to work hard in our business to create a life, and that's all fucked up. All right, let's, oh, on that note, let's go to break. Thanks so much, everyone. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something that you will have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it? Would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with entrepreneurial success coach Ranchelle Van Bryce 
you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchell Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchell. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. And again, whether you're here with me live or you're here listening afterwards, I just appreciate the time, effort, and energy that you're putting in to be here with me. Before break, I talked about uh, the energy of persistence, the energy of consistency, um, the energy of diligence, uh, and to, it, to literally look up those words and what resonates with you. You know, uh, I know that I'm diligent. I know that I'm persistent. And for the longest time, even I had I did have a tough word with consistent because the feedback from my parents was that I wasn't consistent. And what I started to realize only about four years ago, I think, was that I am really consistent, but my consistency looks really different than my family's. And my consistency often looks really different than uh, whether I have life partners or business partners as well. And so, uh, you know, I, I discovered that through human design. And so I am not a human design expert. I'm not certified in human design. We have some incredible people, you know, on the shows that are, that are the network. Jennifer Kramer Lewis, right? She is one. And uh, in the human design world, just, as, you know, I'm a reflector. So I less than 1% of the world is a reflector. And when I found that out for me, it made a huge difference because as I started to, to read and investigate what that meant is that I am consistent, but I'm just consistent than differently, like different than 99% of the world. <laughs> so it was like this, well, that makes perfect sense. Um, and so that's one of the gifts that I've received from, uh, you know, really looking into, into human design. The other piece of this in consistency or diligence or persistence or any of those words is to be in awareness of, you know, what the definition is for you. And if there's resistance in the definitions or resistance and judgment around what that means to, to, to ponder, to take a moment and go like, where does that judgment come from? Is that my judgment or is that judgment from a family member, someone that I grew up with or maybe someone that you're currently in a relationship with? Because these are really important questions. When we start to see how brilliant we are, we can own our own brilliance. Things really, really shift. Right? We, st we stop focusing on the condition of the thing that we want to change. And we start we start focusing on what we desire to change. Right. Uh, a quick example of that would be. And so in the quantum leap, lots of times people want a quantum leap in business. They want more revenue, more clients, let's say, or more connections. We can even say it that way. So then when you're creating a quantum leap, you're creating a quantum leap because you want a different outcome 
meaning you're trying to create a quantum leap for a different to change the condition. And a quantum leap isn't used to change the condition. A quantum leap is so that you can have the life that you desire. So it's not about changing the condition, but going within and changing how you're showing up. The consequence of the effect is that you'll have a different outcome in your business. So that's why we say stop trying harder or quit trying harder is because you've probably done everything that you can right, to have better health, more health, more money, more clients, more revenue. And um, if you're still at a place where you're chasing, you're pursuing, it can be exhausting. And I know when I was there years ago, it's like, I don't know what else to do. I'm really at a loss. And that's when I discovered Quantum Leap. That's when I discovered the universal laws. Um, and that's when I discovered how important it was to apply the universal laws to integrate and embody the universal laws versus just knowing, meaning memorizing the laws. One other uh, point I want to touch on uh, upon in a quantum leap is commitment. And what does commitment mean? So we can not try harder, but we can be committed to the outcome. We can be committed to, for me, it would be committed to the application of the universal laws. And so how do you feel about commitment? There's two questions that were posed to me many years ago. So the first question was, would I be willing to do anything it took to be successful? This uh, question was posed to me in 2016. And my answer was, yes, but. So the question was, Ramshaw was by a coach. Would you, would you be willing to do anything to have success, to be successful, to embody success? And my answer was, yes, but. And so really, a yes, but is a no. <laughs> Sorry. And it was really interesting for me. It's like, wow, where is that coming from? Because success, prosperity, abundance, all of those things I had been, I thought had been so committed to for so long. And my yes, but was because I wasn't willing to show up the way I'd showed up before for financial success, meaning I sacrificed my health. I'd sacrificed time away from my family. I had sacrificed relationships for money. And so I wasn't willing to be that girl, that woman anymore. And so it wasn't a full, it wasn't a hell yes, right? It was, it wasn't a full yes. It was, it was a maybe. And so I needed to move through what that maybe meant. And so part of that was my um, feeling about commitment. And so the next question that was asked of me was, what does commitment mean to you? So this is why words have, are so important and can have such impact. And so I, you know, commitment is I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Okay. But as we started to dig deeper into it, and this is why I think the benefit of working with a coach is what came out of it was I was afraid of commitment because commitment meant death. It made no logical sense that commitment equaled death for me. So in unpacking that with my coach, what became um, through the stories of every time I committed to someone, uh, sometimes something, but mostly to someone, it ended in a horrible ending of a relationship. And so my experience over and over again was I commit to someone and I'm left. I have rejection. I have abandonment. And that was with uh, friends in high school, that was with my first marriage, that was with my second marriage, that was with my business partners. Um, it didn't really matter. That was so predominant in my life 
that if I gave everything, if I gave someone my all, that they would leave me. And so, you know, fast forward years later, after the Curves franchises were sold, my parents and I, um, in 2008 or nine, ended up taking the company and splitting into two um, because I was showing up in a way that they didn't appreciate. And so, th- so that just fueled the fire of when I commit to someone, I, I'm, I'm cut down, I'm cut at the knees, I'm never good enough, what I do is never good enough. So it fed that false belief of I'm not worthy, I don't have value, I'm not good enough, um, loving people is dangerous, being committed is dangerous, so commitment means death. And so the child in me was like, when you commit to somebody, you get cut down, like you, there's a death of a relationship. And so I wasn't able to commit to anything. I was half in and half out of everything, right? And so when I started to see that I like that I was half in and half out, that I was like, how would it look like? How can I show up differently now? So what has this got to do with quit trying harder? It was because I knew that I wasn't meant to try harder, but I also was facing this commitment means death. So what the result of that is, was for me was this whole fight flight or freeze I just went into complete like I was completely frozen in and everything that I was doing I was completely scared to take action I had so much fear around everything because I had these experiences over and over and over again that commitment meant, meant death so through my coach realized that this was it and then I decided I could it, it would be good I could make a commitment And I happened to be working with this incredible coach. I was part of his sales team uh, uh, and I was the only Canadian on the sales team. And through this coaching, realized this commitment challenge. And so went to the lead coach and said, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. And I can see how it's showing up here. Right. And so I'm committed to to this company. And so I had had some of my own clients and I was working um, for this coach and decided that the best place for me to be and where I could learn the most, grow the most, right, excel the most would be with this company. And so I let my coaching uh, clients go. I ended um, ended the contract with a couple of clients, came back and said, hey, I'm fully committed. That was February the 7th or 8th years ago. And then three or four days later, there was this big thing we were going to do uh, Valentine's week. And I had made a commitment to my partner, Rob, it's our anniversary. And so I, you know, I said to the team, hey, I, I know we're doing this really big launch and I've committed to Rob to do this. And uh, I'm going to do this and I'll do this, but I got to do this first. And then days later, um, my position was let go. Now, whether that was a consequence of this or not, I don't know. They were doing some restructuring in the, in the, in the, in the program. But what came from that was remember my whole story about commitment means death. I make a commitment to the company and within a week, I don't have a job and I don't have clients. And I was like swearing at the God of my understanding. I remember like, what's going on? And blah, blah, blah. And I was so angry with God. I was so angry with my higher power. You led me to this and you decided. And I was really in victim mode. And I like remember ranting in my office. I was here in this office, ranting in my office. And I heard this voice. You were supposed to commit to yourself, dumbass. <laughs> so I was like, 
Oh, and what a shift in energy. What a shift in energy. Because I had thought I was supposed to commit to others. And what I realized the commitment was to be for me. Commitment for my own personal growth, my own personal love, my own personal self-confidence, my own personal self-esteem, my own personal business, right? And up until then, I had only committed to others that everyone else was more important. Their opinions were more important. Everyone else is more important than me. And when I realized that I had just committed in the wrong direction, not that I wasn't good at commitment, right? But that I was committing in the wrong way. Everything changed. Everything in like a five minute span of my whole entire life changed. And so I was like, ooh, right? It gives me chills still. So what does that mean? What does commitment to Ranchelle mean, right? It's a completely different question. I don't have to try harder. I don't have to work harder. But what would commitment to me look like? Persistence to me, diligence to me. That changes everything. So why don't we go to our last break here and I'll share with you what commitment to oneself looks like. Thank you so much for joining me here at Inspired Choices Network. My name is Ranchelle and you are here on Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. Many of us view success as something that you arrive at, something you pursue, something that you will have to make happen. What if you ignited success within yourself? What if you viewed success differently, changed the way you look at it, would you feel differently about yourself and your journey? Tuning in to Ignite Your Success with entrepreneurial success coach Ranchelle Van Bryce, you'll receive tools and insight to ignite your very own success differently. Join Ranchelle Wednesdays on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to rvb at igniteyoursuccess.ca. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's so exciting to have you here, whether you're listening with me live today or you're listening afterwards. I'm excited before break, I talked about my story about commitment and how I realized in this like flash of a moment when uh, I realized that the commitment was to be to myself and not outside of myself and how often the pain that, that I experienced, the angst that I experienced, everything I experienced was because I was committing to other people. And once I switched and started to commit to myself, now that doesn't necessarily mean, and for some of you, you're going to be like, we can't do that. That's selfish. That's self-centered, right? That's self-centric. And so when that happens, when you commit to yourself, you think about like, what do you want to create? What is it that you desire? What's the outcome that you're looking for? What's your intention? We could go, what are your goals? you know, all of those kinds of things, then you all of a sudden start to be able to see and accept responsibility for everything. That's the one of the consequences of it, one of the effects of it, but you are committing to you, to your dreams. And up until that, I had never really committed to myself. It was always about someone else. Now I did that because, A, there's programming there, but I did that because I thought that 
if I committed to somebody else, I'd have the approval that I was seeking and then life would be good. But it always felt short and I was never happy. I never felt satisfied because in truth, I believe we're supposed to commit to ourselves first. And it's a bit of a different message, right? It's about if you can commit to yourself then you have enough of you to support your family and to support your friends and to support your business or your career or your profession or whatever that is. But if you're always committing to something outside of yourself, you're always going to come up short. And then there's a whole guilt and shame and self-esteem suffers and your self-confidence suffers and your health suffers, your wellness suffers, your pocketbook suffers. So what would it look like for you if you moved into the commitment of yourself? And so I started to ask myself, what does commitment to me look like? Well, that means that I'm committed to being happy. That means I'm committed to ease and flow being my natural state of being. That means I'm committed to joy, laughter. I'm committed to deep love. I'm committed to understanding myself. I'm committed to understanding people. I'm not seeking to be understood. I'm seeking to understand myself, seeking to understand other people. I can stop looking outside of myself. I can internalize. I can think about what is it that I want? What kind of life do I want to create? I can I can then look at what does persistence, a persistent ranchal feel like? What does a consistent ranchal feel like? What does a consistent you, a committed you, a persistent you? What if you didn't have to try harder? What would your life look like if you could just make a decision and make it happen? And when I say make it happen, exude what you want, generate what you want, create what you want, and manifest what you want. And all of that is possible. What would your quantum leap look like? Right. A staircase, you know, perspective is I make a little bit of, you know, I put in a lot of effort and I make a little bit of uh, a little bit of gain. That to me is the is the stair step approach. Lots of effort, little gain, lots of effort, little gain. So macro effort, micro gain, macro effort, micro gain. What if you could flip that switch? What if you could have micro efforting, macro gain? Wouldn't that be cool if you didn't have to work harder, you were aware of working differently, looking at what you wanted and like what else would what else could be possible. So when we talk about quantum leaps, that it's that what else is possible energy, right? So the first step in the quantum leap is understanding your personal rules for success and changing them. So if success is hard, changing it to what if success was simple and easy? If the second step is quit trying harder, instead you stop efforting, you start making quantum leaps. What if it was like, what if I didn't have to work harder? What if I didn't have to prove myself? What if I didn't have to chase if I didn't have to pursue? What if I just could just stop for a moment and decide what it is that I want and take inspired action? I think we try harder when we don't have inspired action. I think we try harder when we're confused. I think we try harder because there's not that clarity. I think we try harder because we're not confident. I think we try harder because we're trying to, we don't believe in our value or our worthiness. So what would that look like for you if you understood your worthiness? If you lived your worthiness, if you understood what commitment to you looked like, if you if you looked at self-love or uh, self-love isn't selfish, loving oneself is not selfish. If you looked at committing to yourself isn't selfish. 
what if you just changed some of those rules, right? Like our children or our family are more important than our own well-being, because that's what we are. We, a lot of us were raised in, right? Your family is number one or your children are number one. So which means what? Where do you come in that lineup? If your family or children are number one, and if your profession or business are number two, right? Then what's number three? Maybe your health, maybe, maybe not your business. Right? Where do you actually line up in your list of priorities? Chances are you're low, low, low on your priority list, and you have this belief that you can't be number one. What would happen? What would need to shift within you for you to, to create yourself as number one? And what are you afraid of? What are you afraid that will happen if you make yourself number one? Right. And I'm not talking about the typical way of ignoring everybody else. But what would what would change in your life if you went, what what would I need to shift in me to bring happiness? Because money is not going to bring you happiness. A different body is not going to bring you happiness. Love isn't going to bring you happiness and joy. That's all outside of you. The only way to create happiness is a creation, a manifestation, an exuding, a generating. So notice if you're watching me on TV, you'll notice I'm heart-centered and pushing, like pulling this, like it's something that you, right, exude. There is no happy button, right? There's nothing outside of ourselves that can make us happy. That's the illusion. That's the lie. Just like success is outside of yourself just like persistency is outside of yourself and commitment but what if ease and flow could be this the state of mind what if you could create anything you wanted what if success was easy what if you changed a personal rule of success what if a quantum leap was possible what would you want to quantum leap towards what kind of life would you like lots of questions at the end of today i get that because really our success comes from asking ourselves different questions what would you want to create and manifest what does commitment look like for you and so those are fantastic questions as you're as we end our session today as we end our time today think about really what it is that you want right not what you think you deserve or not what you think you can have right quantum leap really is about what if wouldn't it be cool if wouldn't it be cool if and then whatever that is, those are the quantum leaps. And it's so exciting to think about it. And you don't have to know how yet. All you need to decide is, do you want a quantum leap? Would you like a quantum leap? Right. And if you said yes, then, you know, get in contact with me. I don't know. Come back next week. Let's hang out next week. And let's talk about what does a quantum leap look like for you? And then we can talk about the third step. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ignite Your Success with Ranchelle. Ranchelle returns Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Mountain, 2 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, be big, be bold, be brilliant, be you.